Well, now that we're just a few days from Christmas, I'm sure everybody had a great celebration. Here are some statistics, though, about uh, Christmas in general. 90% of people in the U.S. celebrate Christmas. Average spent per household, this includes travel and food, $1,536. Average spent per pet, $36 per pet. Christmas spending in general, decorations per year, everybody on average spends $200 per year on Christmas cards and postage, it's $50 per year. Big expense is Christmas trees, that is a $2.2 billion industry. Biggest, busiest shopping day of the year is no longer Black Friday. It is now the Saturday before Christmas. And some interesting things about the UK in comparison to the US. Number one gift in the UK for teenagers is books. Number one gift for adults in the UK is chocolate. So uh, I'm sure everybody had just a, a great Christmas a great Christmas season, but uh, let's talk about somebody very important to this entire story. From a historical standpoint, he is considered maybe the most important person in Rome, and that is Caesar Augustus, also known as Octavian. Lived 63 BC to 14 AD, and of course mentioned in Luke 2.1 that says in those days Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. So here's the positive things about Caesar Augustus, or again, known as Octavian. His grandmother was the sister of Julius Caesar, so that makes him the grandnephew to Julius Caesar. Caesar would actually adopt him, which would make him heir to the throne, which he took the throne then in 31 BC. At the time, he took the name Gaius Julius Caesar Octavius. He wanted to use the popularity of his great uncle's name, and it worked. He rallied the people, the armies behind him. He was responsible for constructing a road system for safe travel. Thousands of miles of road, now safe. People could go city to city, and they were protected by guards. This opened up, again, what Paul said, that uh, Messiah was born at the appointed time when all things were ready. One of the biggest things that made that ready were all these roads. As Jesus traveled those roads, disciples traveled those roads, went from country to country sharing the gospel. He ushered in what's known as Pax Romana, an era of peace and prosperity. Again, he would rule for 45 years, but there's another side to Caesar Augustus. He also, on the negative side, embraced some new titles. And those new titles, one of them, Son of God. Second one, the great heavenly savior, and third one, the turning point of the ages. All this began to feed his ego, and eventually he demanded to be worshipped as divine, and people did that very thing. So he was the son of God, the great heavenly savior, the turning point of the ages, which is why Luke chapter 2, verse 11, the angels specifically say, today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you, He is Christ the Lord. That was a declaration against what was taking place in the world system at that time. Caesar Augustus, the angel said, is not the Savior. The Savior is born now in that town of Bethlehem. Christ the Lord is who is the true Savior. As Freddie Fritz put it so well, Caesar Augustus' relentless arm stretched out to squeeze its tribute even in a tiny village at the far end of the Mediterranean. Thus it came about a village carpenter and his teenage bride were forced to travel to his hometown and be registered for taxation. 
Although Caesar Augustus would never know it, he was unleashing a chain of events that would turn the world upside down. He was causing Joseph and Mary to travel to Bethlehem, which is where the prophet Micah said the Savior would be born. In reality, God was providentially orchestrating the most powerful man in the world to serve his own divine redemptive plan. So, very fascinating thing. And here's something, though, to look at on the screen here and look this up when you get a chance to see it even better at home but this is called the Cholutica Bridge C-H-O-L-U-T-E-C-A Cholutica Bridge it's in Honduras and here you see a picture of the bridge and the the raging waters around it and this bridge is fascinating and this is something I learned from a a man named Delwyn Campbell uh, uh, just a fascinating article the Cholutica Bridge it was a architectural marvel designed by some of Japan's top engineers. And the design was so important because the area was known for hurricanes and massive rainstorms. And this bridge was massive and it was built to last basically forever. And then in 1998, devastation hit Honduras, a hurricane that had not been seen in years at that strength. That hurricane was Hurricane Mitch. Hurricane Mitch dumped 75 inches of rain in under four days. It destroyed homes, businesses, landscapes, and bridges. A lot of people lost their lives. But the Cholotica Bridge stood the test. There was a problem, though, with this marvel of engineering because of Hurricane Mitch. What happened, you see in the picture here, is the river moved. And today, the Cholotica Bridge in Honduras stretches out over dry land. What a, what a just fascinating story, but a great metaphor too, though, showing that while the bridge is still perfectly standing, it no longer serves any purpose. The river moves so far that the bridge is completely covering dry ground. Even the road that led to and from the bridge got washed away. It's an amazing engineering marvel, but today it is completely ineffective. And again, a great metaphor to life that... We can be incredibly, you know, busy, but very ineffective. Or we might have great commitment or great skills, but be truly ineffective. You know, Paul writes and he says there's a tool shop in a metaphorical sense in God's kingdom. And he says, I want to be a tool that is used for building honorable things. I don't want to be a tool that's left on the bench that's no longer used. And as we come to the end of the year and look to the new year, and stop and say, you know what? There's this picture that you go back to that first century, and there were plenty of people that said, you know what? Caesar is king, and Caesar represented the world, and many people followed him. And then the angels showed up and said, listen, there is one Savior, Christ the Lord. He's born in Bethlehem. You want to know what true life is, then seek him, and then your life is not ineffective. You'll be used for honorable purposes in his kingdom. But it's easy to get caught up in so many other things. So let's talk about, we've been looking at relationships these past few weeks. And let's look at some ways to uh, talk about relationships here. But it goes beyond just husband and wife. And this idea, again, the place we want to be most effective in those relationships that matter the most with people that matter the most in our lives. And to be, again, effective in a way that our life is something that inspires other people to seek the one who is the true Savior. Aaron Beck, a psychologist, said, In relationships, 
there are two categories that problems in marriages can be placed. There are big exits and there are little exits. And so big exits, that's things like divorce, adultery, betrayal, abandonment. Little exits are things like avoiding conflict, escaping into television, overworking, investing more in relationships with your friends than you do with your spouse, distraction, apathy, withdrawal. And as he says, every big exit is preceded by a thousand little exits that have eroded the foundation of commitment. When we get married, we don't promise to simply avoid divorce. We promise to pursue intimacy, to become one. And here's the point, as he says, we can't afford exits, big or little. It is the same thing with faith. It's the same thing with pursuing this life in Christ. It's the same thing with pursuing goals, the little exits, the big exits. We can't afford either one. Little exits in our faith are things like, you know what, I'll pray tomorrow, and then tomorrow becomes the next day, becomes a week, two weeks, a month. Or maybe not putting time into studying scripture or worship and whatever it is that becomes that little exit. So many things distract us. Maybe a compromise here, a compromise there. And again, we can't afford the little exits or the big exits. But again, relationships, whether we're talking about in our marriages or that relationship we have in Christ, we have to be careful, again, not to become ineffective so let's talk about something, and I love this here. Uh, John Ortberg just, just did a, a masterful study, and it's of Michelangelo's painting, Creation of Adam, on the Sistine Chapel. That's, of course, the picture where the representation of God the Father reaching out his hand, and there's Adam reaching out his hand. And the center part of that piece are their fingers are separated just by a small space. And painted in 1512, Let's talk about something here that uh, just, uh, again, fascinated about this. John Ortberg says this, you know, he says, Michelangelo did a brilliant painting called The Creation of Adam. Thousands queue up for hours at the Vatican to view, to view the painting of God and Adam on the ceiling of the Sistine Chapel. Now look carefully at the painting and you'll see the figure of God is extended toward the man with great effort. You know, Take a look at the, the painting on the screen and at home, look this up and you'll see it. But if you look carefully at the painting, God is extended toward the man with great effort. As Ortberg shares, he twists his body to move it as close to the man as possible. His head turned toward the man, his gaze fixed on him, his arm outstretched, his finger extended straight forward, reaching out to the man. You can sense God's great desire to close the gap between himself and this man. He can't wait. His hand comes within a few inches from the man's hand. So you can take a look at the painting. And back to what Ortberg says. Michelangelo wanted to express God's determination to reach out and be with the person he created. God is as close as he can be, but having come that close, he allows just a little space so Adam can choose. And he waits for Adam to make his move. Now look at the picture of the man. Notice Adam in the picture here. Adam's body is reclined. He's in a lazy pose, leaning backward, showing no interest at all in making that connection. As Ortberg shares, Adam's arm is partially extended. All he would have to do is lift a finger, 
but he looks indifferent, not interested. Michelangelo wanted to make this point. It's not that man loves God and seeks him. God loves man and seeks him. God is the one who makes the effort. Christmas proves it. You know, Charles Darwin had a word for tears. That word was purposeless. You know, for Darwin, you know, he said life was just meaningless events. Scripture and the promise of the angels and what Paul says and what Jesus proclaims in all throughout Scripture, it is clear that nothing is purposeless in God's view. And something beautiful is stated by Jesus. We all know John three sixteen, but John three seventeen, he says this. He says, you know, God did not send the Son of Man into the world to judge it, but rather that through him the world might be saved. All throughout the Advent season, the Christmas season, we discuss Emmanuel. That's God's answer to life in tears. Emmanuel, of course, means God with us. Steve Thomason writes, the name Emmanuel appears twice in Hebrew scripture, once in the New Testament. One of the most comforting of all names and titles of Jesus, it is literally translated, with us is God, or as Matthew puts it, God with us. When our sins made it impossible for us to come to him, God took the outrageous step of coming to us, making himself susceptible to sorrow, familiar with temptation, vulnerable to sin's disruptive power, so he might cancel its claim. In Jesus, we see how extreme God's love is. Remember this the next time you feel discouraged, abandoned, or too timid to undertake some new endeavor. Jesus is still Emmanuel. He is still God with us. You know, Mark Lowry wrote one of the most popular songs for uh, this time of year. And that song, many I'm sure know it, Mary, Did You Know? And Mark Lowry is a singer. He's a, a comedian. And he talked about writing that song, Mary, Did You Know, because he read in the Gospels when Jesus was crucified that Mary stood silently. And he said that was always something that, you know, just kind of grabbed hold of him because he thought, you know, if many moms, they would not be silent. They would be so upset. And he says, you know, that's what propelled him to write some of the lyrics. Mark Lowry wrote, When Jesus was crucified, I wonder if Mary was silent because she remembered the first Christmas. I wonder if on that first Christmas, Mary realized then that those were the same fingers that had scooped out the oceans and formed the seas. I wonder if she realized that those were the same feet that had walked on streets of gold and had been worshipped by angels, that those lips had spoken the world into existence. When Mary kissed her little baby, she wasn't just kissing another baby. She was kissing the face of God. 33 years later, she's standing on a hillside watching blood pour from his veins and she didn't open her mouth. What a great testimony to the fact that he wasn't just a great prophet. He wasn't just a great preacher. He wasn't just a great teacher. He was the virgin son, virgin born son of God. He was our savior. And he didn't just die for us, he died for his own mother. The baby boy she had delivered on that first Christmas was now on a cross delivering her. 
God's Christmas present to the world had his wrapping pierced so that we could be saved from our sins. So I trust you had a Christmas that was meaningful. I trust as we move into the new year, we each want to be committed to say, I don't want to be ineffective. I want to live my life with purpose. I know that in the kingdom where God reaches out, Emmanuel, God with us, nothing is purposeless. That the greatest gift of all is truly to know Emmanuel. And that in him is the life that is truly life. And that's why the angel proclaimed, I bring you good news, great joy. Unto you a child is born, unto you a son is given. 